Welcome to Nakubo in Brief, a podcast series from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO John Walda, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is to help our listeners better understand the challenges that face the business of higher education. Our hope is that you walk away with a stronger sense of the trends, policies, legislative, and regulatory issues that may impact campuses today and in the future. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of educational tools at www.nakubo.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Nakubo in Brief. I'm Megan Strand, your host for today, and I'd like to thank you so much for being here with me. Today, I'm excited to welcome Liz Clark, Director of Federal Affairs for Nakubo, who will discuss the sweeping legislation recently passed by Congress and signed into law by President Obama. The massive bill funds the federal government for the 2016 fiscal year and includes numerous tax changes. Welcome back, Liz. Thanks. It's great to be here again. Well, last time you were here, we talked about Congress being mired in gridlock. Did this end up being the case for 2015? Well, uh, the answer is yes and no. Uh, We have a Congress that has passed historically low numbers uh, in terms of actual bills and legislation agreed to and sent to President Obama for his signature. Um, But that being said, in 2015, Congress and the White House worked out some pretty major deals. Uh, Early in the year, they passed legislation updating Medicare payments to doctors that was quite controversial. Uh, It included an extension of a child health insurance program. They passed a major trade deal, which also happened to include a provision important to Nakubo on uh, penalties related to IRS Form 1098-T. They passed uh, a highway bill agreement and a K-12 elementary and secondary education act reauthorization bill. And just last week, they passed a $1.1 trillion budget agreement and a tax package with more than $622 billion worth of tax extenders. So uh, uh, yes and no in terms of uh, um, numbers of bills passed, but uh, uh, no, they didn't get much done. But in terms of some pretty big deals, they, they did accomplish some pretty big feats here. Well, let's talk about that big spending deal that was recently enacted. I know Nakubo follows the debates surrounding funding for federal student aid programs. Can you tell us how they fared? Absolutely. Uh, Nakubo, along with uh, college and universities and other higher education associations here in Washington, pay close attention to the decisions being made on federal student aid programs. There were some Uh, budget bills early in the year, they weren't sent to President Obama for his signature, that had raised some concerns about where Congress would ultimately end up in its 2016 budget on student aid programs. But we were pleased to see that at the end of the day, the Pell Grant Award will increase the maximum award uh, for the 2016-2017 school year will increase by $140 to $5,915. And the bill includes some increases for some important programs like the Federal Trio and Gear Up programs. And uh, funding was not increased but remained level. 
for the Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grants Program and Federal Work Study. So we were happy about all of those budget lines. It would have been great to see more for SEOG and Work Study, but um, overall, given the budget constraints, we were fairly pleased with what we saw. Importantly, related to federal student aid, I need to mention that they also temporarily extended the Perkins loan program. Mm. The uh, loan program had actually expired as of September 30th, and there was a lot of question as to whether or not the loan program would be extended. It is indeed extended through September 30th of 2017. There are some new requirements on the program. Uh, Current borrowers can only borrow after they've exhausted their subsidized federal direct Stafford loan eligibility. New borrowers have uh, additional eligibility requirement. They must uh, exhaust both subsidized and unsubsidized loan options, and schools will have to make some additional disclosures to Perkins loan borrowers. It would have been better to see an extension without some of these changes. Those changes actually paid for this two-year extension, and what will happen now is as legislators Uh, begin to discuss the Higher Education Act reauthorization. They'll take a a much closer look at the program and then determine whether they want the program to live on into the long term. And how about research budgets? How did they do in that final budget? Research universities should be fairly pleased with how the federal budget lines for federal research agencies fared. The National Institutes for Health saw the biggest increase, and indeed its biggest increase in 10 years. Their budget is up $2 billion. That's 6.6% more than last year. And uh, um, this is terrific for those schools with scientists and researchers who compete for those grants to do that biomedical research at their colleges and universities. The National Science Foundation, the Department of Energy Office of Science, and NASA also fared pretty well. Uh, DOE's Office of Science saw a 5.6% increase. The NASA science program's budgets will increase by 6.6%. NSF got a small increase, but we're glad they weren't cut. They were increased by about 1.6%. There is a 7.7% percent increase to the USDA's Ag and Food Research Initiative. This is a competitive grants program, uh, particularly important to land-grant universities that do significant research in this area. Uh, Department of Defense programs were a mixed bag. Some of those research programs saw increases. Some of them were level-funded, and and some of them saw some cuts. So those schools that care about DOD's research programs will want to take a close look at the various branches of the military and their science arms to see how those budgets fared. But by and large, we are thrilled with the NIH increase and thought that research programs overall did fairly well in this final budget agreement. Can you share some of the highlights of the new tax laws that were put into place because of this year-end legislation? Right up until the very end, we weren't sure whether there was going to be a big tax deal. And at the end of the day, negotiators did emerge with this $622 billion extension package and included some uh, tax items in the budget legislation as well. Uh, One of those items that was included 
technically in the budget legislation was a two-year delay in the implementation of the Affordable Care Act's Cadillac tax. I know institutions have been preparing for this excise tax on high-cost employer-sponsored health plans. It was first to be effective in 2018. Its effective date now moves to 2020. Uh, so that is a, a, a highlighted item that schools should be aware of, and I think uh, we'll be happy with the additional time to meet the compliance requirements around that tax. Uh, the second item that schools and particularly advancement departments should be pleased with is the permanent extension of the IRA charitable rollover. Uh, this provision enables individuals who meet the requirements to make contributions to nonprofit organizations with tax-free distributions from their IRAs. This is something that NACUBO, uh, the higher education community, and the charitable community overall has been working on. Uh, we've seen this provision extended on an annual basis in years past, and we are very pleased to see it enacted uh, on a permanent basis. Another item is the permanent extension of the R&D tax credit. A lot of institutions with big research operations will be pleased to see that extension. And uh, a priority Nakubo has been working on uh, Section 179D. This is a tax incentive for investments in energy efficient uh, capital and construction projects. Uh, Nakubo had been trying to see this provision expanded from current law to include private tax-exempt organizations. Currently, only public institutions are eligible, uh, among other state and local governmental entities, to benefit from Section 179D. This provision was extended for two years. We did not see that further expansion of this provision, but it gives me something to work on in the future. A couple other items that I would like to mention uh, are some things that we're not so pleased with here at Nakubo. The first is a change in how colleges and universities must report on IRS Form 1098-T. The legislation beginning with the 2016 tax year, these are for forms that are submitted early in 2017 to students in the IRS, schools will be required to report payments for qualified tuition and related expenses in Box 1 there will no longer be an option to report amounts billed for qualified expenses in box two. Nakubo fully recognizes the challenges that institutions will have in meeting this new requirement. We've already alerted policymakers that this is problematic and we intend to keep our membership updated as to where we go from here, um, whether this implementation can be delayed, what kind of guidance we can get from IR on the implementation, but we do realize that this will be a big challenge for institutions. Lastly, a new filing date for forms W-2 and 1099 MISC, M-I-S-C. Uh, they've sped up the filing dates on these forms and employers 
colleges and universities, these employers will now need to file these information returns with the IRS by the same date as they are required to furnish them to employees and other payees January 31st. There is no longer an extended filing deadline for electronically filed forms, uh, and the due date for employee and payee statements remains the same. This provision is also effective for 2016 forms to be filed by January 31st, 2017. So again, uh, there's an acceleration of these IRS filing dates for Forms W-2 and 1099 MISC. Wow, that is a handful. It's definitely a mixed bag. There are dozens of other provisions in this legislation. So really, Megan, this is just a, a top line highlight of what we think our membership needs to be aware of. And then any good news for students? Absolutely. There's actually some really great news for students. Great. Let's hear about it. The uh, American Opportunity Tax Credit has been permanently extended. It had been set to expire uh, in 2017. This tax credit provides up to $2,500 for four years of post-secondary education. The phase-out amounts uh, for the limitations on adjusted gross income as to whether or not you can qualify for these tax credits uh, were raised. So the AGI limit was increased to $80,000 for single filers and for $160,000 for those married filing jointly. So we were pleased not only to see its permanent extension, but also to see the um, phase-out amounts lifted a bit. We were also pleased to see it was not made permanent, but uh, at least for one more year, the above-the-line tuition deduction is also extended. Uh, this is um, some families may choose the above-the-line tuition deduction rather than the American Opportunity Tax Credit. We were happy to see this provision extended as well. Lastly, there were some technical improvements to Section 529 tuition savings accounts. Uh, uh, withdrawals from those 529 accounts are now eligible to be used. For for computer equipment and technology expenses. So there are some expanded uses that uh, those 529 savings dollars can be put towards. And there were some other technical uh, fixes to that program as well. So overall, the expansion of the AOTC, the extension of the above-the-line tuition deduction, and the improvements to the 529 tuition savings accounts are really good news for students and families. It's so nice to have you on giving us such good news. (laughs) There you go. Well, I'm going to ask you to pull out your crystal ball now. So the Higher Education Act expired on September 30th, but Congress has not yet passed a reauthorization. I have to tell you, my crystal ball is a bit fuzzy right now. Uh Uh-oh. We had been told that we would see some draft Higher Education Act legislation, at least from the Senate side, Uh, this fall. Um, We have not seen that draft legislation. Senator Alexander and Senator Patty Murray uh, had supposedly been working together and I think had been hoping to release bipartisan legislation. Uh, I know things may have been delayed because Congress had been working on the Elementary and Secondary Education Act reauthorization, which they did put a lot of hard work into and ultimately saw passed and signed by President Obama uh, late in 2015. Uh, So staff may have been um, putting the HEA aside to finish up the details on the ESEA reauthorization. I have been hearing a couple of different things. Uh, it, it may be possible that we see comprehensive draft legislation released. It may also 
be that lawmakers decide to release pieces of the legislation uh, uh, bit by bit, that is piecemeal, and try to pass elements of the Higher Education Act uh, one by one as we move through 2016. Uh, it's really difficult to say at this time. We're not sure how many political chits were used as they worked on ESEA and how much leverage uh, the various parties have in moving the HEA legislation forward in 2016. It's going to be a very contentious year because it's a presidential election year. Mm -hmm. I think there are some lawmakers that very much would like to see the HEA reauthorization moved in 2016. I know higher education has been a top priority for President Obama and his administration, but we just saw Senator or Secretary Arne Duncan step down. Lots of changes at the Department of Education, all of which are making the dynamics for a full-scale higher education reauthorization, uh, let's just say, a bit difficult. So stay tuned, and uh, um, we will keep you posted as to how progress and the debate over HEA reauthorization moves forward. Well, we'll look forward to it. Anything else that you are keeping an eye on for 2016? They're, again, going to have to pass another budget bill next year. It was interesting political dynamics over the last several months in Washington. Uh, it really was that October budget deal that busted the sequestration caps that enabled forward progress on the year-end budget deal for 2015, um, funding the government for its fiscal year 2016. They created some room for the um, budget talks next year. Uh, we'll see how much room they created uh, and whether it was enough to deal with in a presidential election year where politics are likely to be contentious. So right now, Congress has left on its congressional break. The House of Representatives will return to Washington on January 5th. The Senate will return on January 11th. And once they're back in Washington, we'll have a better idea as to what the outlook may be for calendar year 2016. As always, we will turn to you to keep us posted. So thank you so much for giving us this ever important legislative update. Lots to cover here. My pleasure. Thanks, Megan. You can find out more about today's episode by visiting the distance learning section of nakubo.org. Make sure you subscribe to Nakubo in Brief in iTunes so that you get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Liz and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Nakubo in Brief. <music>